What is good, family? Today's episode of It's Me Speaking To You is brought to you by my incredible sponsors, ChemicalFreeBody.com, some of the most incredible health and wellness supplements I've ever had the pleasure to have. ChemicalFreeBody.com, promo code, it's me. All the links are going to be here in the description of the video, as well as, man, as things are getting crazy in the streets with food, supply chains, etc. You need storable food as an insurance. It's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Prepare with itsme.com. That stuff is coming from My Patriot Supply, incredible storable food. And if you got a nice shiny dome like me, or if you're a lady that likes to shave her legs and all that good stuff, check out skullshaver.com, some of the smoothest, dopest shaving equipment for him and her. All the links for all the sponsors are going to be in the description of this video. Peace and so much love, and enjoy the show. Everything, everything, everything gonna be all right this morning. Okay, folks, another one, another installment for the archives. Man, I could just set off air, man. I've been kind of itching to have this conversation, um, not just with him, just in general, even though I don't necessarily, you know, obviously my previous podcast, Conspiracy Farm, I did for a few years with Pat Militich. Um, this is obviously this, this subject has gone super mainstream, so I feel a little bit more comfortable even though this isn't necessarily a conspiracy-related show, uh, we do talk, we dabble, we dabble a little bit. And this guy right here, he does more than dabble. That's why I really wanted to pick his brain. He is the host of the Generation Z podcast. Um, and he's, like I said, not just in this subject, but I definitely definitely check him out, man. He's, he definitely goes down the rabbit hole on some very, very interesting subjects. David Zed's with us today. What's up, Dave? Hey, man, thank you so very kindly for having me. I truly appreciate it, as you've uh, mentioned as well, too. I got to know you guys by, uh, you know, the, the Conspiracy Farm podcast and then leading into following what you're doing here has just been absolutely fantastic. So I want to thank you so very much for even sort of being the guy that you would call for this uh, for this discussion. But I- I'm very, very honored and excited to be here. Well, and you, you go so hard in the paint, as the kids say. You know, I, I, it's just... There's a few subjects that I can kind of speak like I have a clue of what I'm talking about, and this isn't one of them. Like, I'm really just – that's also why I wanted to pick your brain because I'm really just kind of a lay person about it. I mean, I have my thoughts on, yeah, I think UFOs are real, and, of course, we're not the only ones out there. But I think there's just so much more to it as it has reached um, the mainstream, if you will. And I guess I, I kind of want to – start. well, let me start asking – you know, where did you, I mean, this is kind of a time-aged subject of, you know, are we alone? Where did we come from, et cetera? When did, when did this subject first start intriguing you of UAPs, which is obviously unidentified uh, aerial phenomenon as well as UFOs, kind of one and the same, but um, when did that start for you? Well, first, let me just say that I couldn't agree more with everything that you said pertaining to the UAP UFO topic. That was the main topic that basically the premise of the show started on. And then that in in and of itself led to me uh, speculating and then delving deep into the different areas of philosophy, the sciences, you know, you name it. There's there's an affiliation and not just a loose one, but more so even a direct one to the UAP topic. And that's not a... um confirmation bias you know wanting it to be the case type thing that's just that again as we will uh preview in this discussion there's just so much in every facet of life whether it's you know with the medical things whether it's with the technological spiritual psychological but for me what happened was that about 
I mean, it, it was 2010. I remember seeing some, uh, you know, bits and pieces of a, the Ancient Aliens episodes on, you know, cable TV and all that. And this was, you know, 2010. That was sort of the precipice of there being a, maybe a, a potential, a light paradigm shift, if one, you know, would want to call it that, pertaining to, you know, cell phones, tablets, sort of in the midst of all of this. And then I kind of just, you know, uh, let it go after watching a, a handful of Ancient Aliens episodes and continued on with my life and what have you. And then what happened was that I was in the uh, construction industry, particularly uh, plumbing, pipe fitting, all of that, up until about a few years ago when uh, the pandemic started. And essentially, again, you know, make of that as you see fit. And I, I truly do mean that. Um, <clears throat> but what happened was that the first, uh, I guess you could say, two, three months of, of 2020, when you had basically everybody staying home because, you know, no one really knew what was going on and all of that. I right. saw after about a month of just part of my English, you know, just sitting on my ass doing doing nothing. I, I said to myself, you know, maybe I, I should do something in the in the area of media because I was always in school good at English, things like this. And then what I did was initially I'll be bl very blunt with yourself, sir, and, and your audience. I literally just tried to copy Joe Rogan straight up in terms of just doing an episode on everything and anything I could think of. And I would talk into a black screen, no video, just a, you know, typical, uh, you know, USB microphone. And, um, if I got maybe 10 views, uh, <laughs> seven out of the 10 being my mother, I'd be happy. And so, you know, it was one of those things. And what happened was that, so, you know, I'm chugging along an episode every day, whatever, and nothing near the quality of which it's at now. Um, not to sound conceited, but then what happened was I did a, an episode on project Bluebeam. Now keep in mind, still no video, just simply audio. Um, and it was just a black screen that said project blue beam and it was maybe a 10 to 20 minute discussion on the topic and then it got like 4,000 views and keep in mind I had like maybe 27 subscribers at the time mm -hmm. so I'm like whoa where did you know how did this happen where did this come from and then I did another episode on I believe it was uh, operation paperclip or something along the lines of that and essentially from there, it got something like 1,500 views or something like that. Project, I think it was Paperclip or Project Blue Book. I'm, I'm not sure. But point being was I, was I said, okay, something's here. And what I realized was that I then, over the next eight weeks after those uh, videos sort of took off relative to the size of, of my show, I kind of looked around and said, when I look at not just the UAP UFO category, um, even the paranormal, the sort of high strangeness, fringe, um, uh, elements of of the world in terms of you know uh, entertainment and and information um, knowledge disseminating to the people, there was not one place where one could go and simply just explore the ideological concepts of these topics. It was always, and this is not a knock to anyone. I mean, uh, as of the time I'm we are discussing this today, there's seriously been in the last 18 months, in my opinion, a shift in a lot of that type of thinking where there's been more channels open, uh, you know, starting up, whether independent or otherwise uh, pertaining to just simply exploring ideas, not saying if, you know, who's right or wrong. But two, two and a half years ago, that didn't seem to be the case, or at least yeah. much more, far less so. And so what I said to myself was, okay, we have, for example, people attempting to do this in other fields. Why can't this be attempted in this? So I'll be very honest with you as well. The way that I slowly but surely tried to grow it and focus it on more of a UFO, high strangeness, paranormal ET topic was simply uh, self-promoting in, in Reddit, uh, uh, Reddit groups, Facebook pages. And, and I say this because I really the algorithms changed in general, yes. whether it's YouTube, yes. you name it, the, the me of, you know, if had I done this five to 10 years ago, I would not have done, you know, the sort of self promoting in that regard. But because the algorithm had changed, I said to myself, all right, it was ramp. Um, 
it was just after the uh, excuse me, it was ramping up to the uh, the 2020 election. So if I'm being completely honest with you, sir, I knew the censorship was going to be even more so adamant than prior. Yeah. And so that's when I started sort of self-promoting and slowly but surely growing it from there. And then the UAP UFO paranormal topic then led me into just different thoughts of philosophy, which then led me to hold on. What if I do maybe a two to three times per week news segment, which I have called Unleashing the Kraken on uh, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, yeah. and YouTube? Because I said, you know, I realized that this leads into deep philosophical thought. So why should I, and this is not a knock to anyone else, but why should I be a channel or a show that goes, okay, you know, it's the Greys, it's the Reptilians, it's all them, okay, done, good night, folks, all yeah. right, see you next yeah. week. You know, why not take that and say, okay, what do you think? What what do you think? What is it? You know, and this is not a, a cop out, but my whole concept here is approaching what we call disagreements as rather differential perspectives. And mm. that speaks to me, you know, uh, as what people call flexible truths, which yes. then again leads into what we now know to be quantum physics. So, <clears throat> And then I would argue as well that we as a species collectively have sort of – we're just rediscovering this. I think we're a species hit on the head with amnesia. But anyways, of not course. to ramble on. That's that's basically how it started and why I started it. That's so fascinating because that's – when I first started this show, episode one was with Pat Militich and it grew into obviously the conspiracy farm, et cetera. But I was right. literally like – I. My the tagline of this show is a variety of guests discussing a variety of stuff, and I was like, I just basically wanted to do like Joe Rogan was doing. I'm not right. approaching any of the kind of numbers or the 200 million dollar paychecks, but I've always loved. I don't really like. To, I don't do the like arguments or discussions in bars, but I always loved hearing people geek out and just talk about things they're passionate about, whether it's I mean, whatever it is. You know what I mean? Because you know, like this conversation, like you're very you know not supremely concentrated, but you're you're a jack of all trades. So it's interesting to talk to somebody like yourself who's got a lot of stuff on his mind. And like you're talking about, you know, we we oftentimes agree on for disagree on for unfortunately, but. I always loved exchanging ideas. If I was wrong about something, I just I wanted to learn something. I wasn't about you know c creating a confirmation bias or an echo chamber with the conspiracy right. farm and even this show. It's just about exchanging ideas and just listening to people talk. So that's very fascinating, man. And you've done an incredible job. So again, ladies and gentlemen, go check out uh, Generation Z. That channel is on YouTube, and he does have his weekly show, Unleashing the Kraken, um, which is very he goes deep, man. And and again, when you pull. On this string, if you will, when you go down this rabbit hole, to use such a you know weird colloquialism, um, it, there's so many layers to this. This goes so far beyond just are UFOs real, because it, yeah. again, it goes into that larger question of not just are we alone. It for me, it always begat the question of like where did we come from, and so you know whatever that conversation leads to, whether it's the Anunnaki or whatever, like you just mentioned, you know Graham Hancock said we're a civilization with amnesia. And so many of our institutions have doubled down on on obscuring and obfuscating and misleading us to keep us from understanding that civilizations have come and gone, in my opinion, so many times. But they make us seem like, you know, we were these, you know, whatever, cavemen, and we grew to this linear form of history that we were cavemen and we grew to these advanced people now. And I don't think that's true at all. And when we start talking about you know, UFOs, UAPs, this concept of getting into, man, well, there's no way we're alone. There's so many layers to it, like you said, from philosophical, metaphysics, paranormal, et cetera. It's, it's a very rich subject and hopefully can scratch the surface on at least a little bit of it. Because like I said, I'm, I'm just a lay person when it comes to this, but I find it so fascinating because again, if and if I could say, yeah. 
if I could say as well, sorry to interrupt you, that no, as okay. well, let me be very clear to your audiences uh, as well, too. I, I make it very clear on, on my end of the show, too, that whether it's when I'm doing my best to attempt to report the news neutrally or present, a, you know, anything having to do with physics, mathematics, um, you know, philosophy, engineering, you name it, uh, esotericism, uh, all of this. Um, there are times when I slip up as well, too, you know, just because I'm behind the microphone doesn't make me any better or worse, to be fair, than, than right. anyone else, in my humble opinion. And I, I slip up quite often where I say, listen, please tell me in the comments genuinely in a good way, because in a good faith manner, because it's about, for me, working together, whether it's having to do with politics, uh, UFOs, paranormal. Yes. I tell people, please tell me if you think I'm checking off a confirmation bias box that I myself don't even realize. Because if I'm if I'm basing a hypothesis or a a postulation or a proposal off of something that arguably is not rock solid in its foundation, then what what are we doing here? Well, and right? again, and you got to be open to learn. You know, we gotta we right. gotta be water, like Bruce Lee said. And again, with yep. with so many of these with cosmology and politics or whatever, everybody puts so much. There's so much ego in people's worldview. They gotta be right. When it's right. just like it for me, I used to say it on the show all the time, the conspiracy farm. This is my considerations. My considerations suggest X, Y, Z. I'm not sitting here saying, boom, this is this is I'm very Socratic, man. All I know is I know nothing. And my considerations just suggest certain things. That's why I love right. the exchange of ideas, because it's like, oh, wow, I never thought of it that way. Oh, wow. I mean, I, I'll just say this now. When I was talking with a good friend, Matt LaCroix, who's an incredible author, the guy's just doing incredible work on ancient civilizations. We were talking about the Anunnaki one time, and I, I asked him a question. I said something about, well, if they were here, where did they go? And me phrasing that question the way I did just belied a certain limited way in which I, I thought of them, again, as like lean, linear, like they traveled from A to B, where he's like, well, maybe they didn't go anywhere. And that just... And then we start talking about the multiple dimensions. Maybe they're still here. We just don't see them, similar to the light spectrum. We, you know, we know infrared is there, gamma rays are there, x-rays are there, but we just can't see them. So, again, it, was just, it just challenges it, conversations like these and hopefully you know, like yours as well help challenge people's thought process and, and thinking outside of the box because you know, we don't know near as much as we think we do. And as much, it is, the moment we think we got it all figured out, th that's where we're slipping, man. That's where we're slipping. I, I couldn't agree more. Literally everything that you just said, I truly could not agree more. And honestly, it's, I have to say, man, surrounding myself with people like yourself and discussions, you know, just engaging on social media as you and I do from time to time, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, you name it. I have to say that, and really not saying this because I'm on your show and I'm not trying to blow smoke up your ass because I'm on your show, but Feel you, free, do go a, ahead. <laughs> you do a great job of that, man. And I say that truly because it, it's, I am Forgive me, particularly to your audience, if I sound over uh, simplified here, but I am baffled, brother, by the amount of people that are so tunnel visioned. And it's not that they're tunnel visioned that that baffles me. What baffles me more so is that they're not willing to consider other perspectives and or possibilities outside of that tunnel vision. Yeah, I have I have that. That's what it is to me. It's not that someone has a tunnel vision because I mean, look, when we speak, if you want to talk about relativity and, you know, micro versus macro, if we zoom out big picture, we can argue that you and I have tunnel visions compared to what's out there. But the point is, is that, again, we are being, you know, someone like yourself, you're willing to learn and go, oh, shit, I may have been wrong about that. Wrong relative to what I thought initially yes. something was. Yeah. So I'm just baffled that the closed mindedness is so, um, so rampant. Well, and again, I, you know, I talked about I say it all the time and it's almost cliche. And I think, you know, the Matrix we talk about all the time. People talk about it all the time, use it as a metaphor. I think it's like a documentary more than it was a movie because there's this false reality that's placed over reality. 
reality. And again, and not this, believe me, man, this is not a knock on anybody who happens to be religious or got right. a lot of letters behind their name from academia. These institutions, I think, serve to keep us from seeing almost the bigger, bigger picture. It's part of the conditioning of we just pump out these assembly lines of people who think only in a certain way. And, and I think you're, you're right as when you were saying more of these subjects are becoming more and more prevalent. More people are talking about this kind of, you know, metaphysic paranormal UAPs. I mean, we could get into why that is the, the shift from Pisces to Aquarius and the awakening of consciousness, et cetera. But I, I think, like you said, more people are, are starting to um, to awaken, if you will. And we're hopefully becoming less and less a civilization with amnesia. Um, which I think can only help, man, because it's I think we're just a lot of our thought processes are just so bass backwards. And again, a lot of our institutions help to, as Bruce Lee said, again, solidify that which was once fluid. Right. And not and again, I wanted to be very clear as well, too. It's very difficult for me not to get into the the, the sort of t um, conspiracy talk, as people say, simply because even if we look at just general, um, I guess we could say, and I, I don't say this in a negative way per se, but not necessarily positive either. But when we look at control structures of things, whether it's in academia, whether it's in finance, whether it's in, you know, um, big tech, big oil, you know, you name it, uh, even in religious institutions, there seems to be, at least in my humble perspective, a, and I could be wrong to be clear, a deliberate effort to ensure that each category of life in that regard stays under some form of control. Yes. It may not seem like control to the immediate individual, such as yourself or myself, but again, take that macro big picture perspective. There seems to be some attempt at coordinating a sense of a loose, at the very least, a loose control system. Now, again, I think that kind of goes without saying to even those that are not quote unquote conspiratorial per se, but the question becomes, okay, you know, Dave and Jeff, why would that be the case? Well, let's think of it like this. If we, let's say, for example, we realize that um, we can communicate with each other, let's just say hypothetically, telepathically, which quantum physics shows is in fact possible without things like nanotechs and implantables and anything external, you know, as we, as they talk about the, um, dare I say the spirit, the chi, the prana, the Christ consciousness, whatever you want to refer to it as, uh, the idea here is that we can do this without the hardware. Now the question becomes, why would the hardware be implemented or implanted, you know, Neuralink, things like this. Why yes. do you have Klaus Schwab saying, okay, in the next 10 years, you know, we're all going to be able to hear each other's thoughts. The question becomes, why do they want to use these implantables and, you know, do it in this regard rather than trying to invoke or evoke the internal um, process within us that can already do that? Dare I say it's because they can't control that internal process exactly. we have. Exactly. But they can they can control when you have the chip in that in your head or something like this. So again, without crossing that line too much of being a fringe thinker, I think that that sort of label of being a fringe thinker, it's either going to be applied to almost everybody these days or it's just with all with the utmost respect to not just your audience but to those out there it's just that people may not see it yeah no it's it's without a doubt uh, and i believe it is mostly about control which is why you know like you said we have that capability inherently but oftentimes our our three-dimensional we're, we're, we're thinking we're just so limited by our three-dimensional world and that oftentimes uh 
dullens our ability to tap into all those things you listed, you know, Christ consciousness, chi, et cetera, the collective unconscious, whatever. And yeah, I believe that's, you know, our, our world's run by psychopaths, not to get too deep into that. But yeah, you're right. They, they want to control us and definitely keep us. I mean, it's almost why they frown so much on self-sufficiency, et cetera. They don't want a free thinking mind. They definitely want us. And again, we're here talking about it. So no sense saying let's not go down that rabbit hole. But I mean, we're just, in my opinion, we're just ones and zeros to these people. They've They've mapped us out. You know, from your Bernaysian understanding of who we are psychologically to who to our understanding our digital footprint to them almost to be able to anticipate our behaviors before we do it. They've mapped us out to the point where we now are just ones and zeros where we are, again, so much of the matrix, just fuel for the machine. And, you know, the last thing they want is conversations like this, as free thinking people, as, uh, you know, people who aren't under their thumb or under their control. So. I don't well, know. That's, yeah, I mean, even, you know, a big picture as well to me personally, that even speaks to the whole concept of, again, this, this, um, I guess you could say this drive to push particular, I guess you could say, um, not just narratives, but sort of underlying emotional, um, motivations, if that makes sense. And that that's not, I, I want to be clear as well, too. I'm not claiming that, you know, to those that say, for example, oh, this, this guy, Dave Zed is on, you know, a, a Jeff, a Jeffrey show. And he's, you know, saying what, you know, he's, he seems to be alluding that Christ consciousness, chi, prana are all the same thing. And sort of, you know, sifting over that, I want to be very clear that even on the show, I play devil's advocate against myself in every category. But at the same time, for me, more so, it's it's not that I claim to know what the organic element of life, you know, consciousness, Christ, con whatever it is. Right. Um, I'm not claiming to know what it is. What I am trying to do is use the process of elimination in conjuncture, conjecture with the audience to at least check off the boxes of what it isn't. Mm. Deductive reasoning. Sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. Right. Right. Absolutely. Right. And then and sometimes there are cases where we revisit that and I have to come out on the show and, and I have no problem doing it going, hey, guys, you know, I was wrong about this. And it turns out that, you know, so and so, uh, for example, uh, you know, let's just, you know, Stephanie said, for example, or, you know, Bob said that, uh, hey, Dave, did you see this? And boom, my, my, my perspective on something that I dismissed goes 180 and it's now reintroduced into the picture again. Mm. Yeah. I mean, th that's the beautiful part about it, man. You can, we never can stop learning. Right. It's, I mean, we can't ever stop. You know, yeah. Well, well, if I could, sorry, right before we go on, if I could say yeah. very quickly, speaking to that, many computer scientists listening to philosophers, computer scientists, you know, physicists and mathematicians, uh, you know, debate and all of this. It's interesting because a lot of computer scientists these days are, are postulating that in many cases, the if you have energy nodes, let's say, which are, you know, like soups of energy particles, you name it, and then you have the frequencies going from one node to another, the or energy strings, vibrational strings, whatever you want to call it. Uh, many computer scientists are postulating and proposing that the transition state is actually more significant than the node it is going to, mm. which to me philosophically implies the joy is in the journey, yes, so to speak. Without a doubt. So, Right, which speaks to also, again, the concept of everything is vibrating and moving because if, you know, say, for example, what we define as matter were to sort of just freeze and stay still, what would that look like? We don't know because even the chair that you're sitting on, the chair that I'm sitting on right now, the microphone, we're, the microphones we're talking into at the molecular level, the what, what we call the subatomic level, which we can now, you know, confidently state to the quantum level yes. um, is vibrating constantly. Yeah. So 
it's it becomes like all right so when does it stop and then if you zoom in even more so than the quantum level if that were to even be possible you would find even more moving parts you keep zooming into that it just keeps yeah. going well it's right? interesting you brought that up because i was listening to some michu kaku the other day and he's obviously big into string theory and right. I, i've said that before and it, it it comes back down to like i was saying we're just we're kind of just three-dimensional creatures just experience this world subjectively through these very limited senses but like i was saying before there's there are other we don't just stop at three dimensions but we're just so trained and conditioned within this kind of finite uh per, you know being able to perceive the world it, it, sorry if i could throw my two cents in on michu's uh, subscription to string theory i'm i'm i don't disagree with him i think he's just and again, this is the whole point of exploring ideas. I think he's missing something, but I could be wrong too. Well, just just in the essence of like you're saying, everything is everything is about vibration. It's it's not not so much about the physical three dimensional world. It's it's the space that's in between it that's all vibrating on a certain frequency. And you know, speaking about frequency and consciousness, going back to kind of what we're saying, why we're all so trapped. It seems like the world that's ran by psychopaths wants to keep us vibrating <laughs> at this lowest frequency possible. Yeah. But yep. And they only seem to be giving us positivity when necessary, because just like in life, the yin, the yang as above, so below, like a teeter totter. If one side leans too much in that direction, it's got to even itself out eventually. Yeah, everything's a balance, man. Everything's a balance. Well, the reason for the season, brother, we're sitting here philosophizing, hypothesizing, speculating. But, you know, this this UFO phenomenon. This UAP mm. phenomenon. We've been talking about it. We've been seeing it, you know, even in the Bible, you know, the wheel of Ezekiel, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. But it's always been it's always been maligned. It's always been this like third rail, oh my God, tinfoil hat. But for some reason, and I don't know when you start seeing it, for me, I'd say within the last definitely five, maybe ten years, there's been more and more quote unquote legitimate legitimate, more mainstream information coming out about it. Going back to the Travis Walton, I think it's Travis Walton, the, the movie The yes. Fire in the Sky, the stuff about yep. uh, Barney, uh, Benny and Barney Hill in 1961. We've been hearing about, you know, Roswell, Philip Corso's book, uh, uh, Day After Roswell, I think it was. We've been hearing about it more and more, but specifically in the mainstream news and now for the love of all that's decent the government just had a hearing recently and yep. for me that's just like being as cynical as i am that is just the hugest red flag of they're gonna feed a sewer rat and tell us it's pumpkin pie and they're gonna find some way to kind of i don't know that's what i want to know why 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 is it so mainstream now to the point where you're, you're you know you're seeing your you know I think it's Top Gun pilot commander uh, David Fravor he's been on a bunch of different shows talking about yes. you know 18 year naval pilot witnesses his his TikTok and the video and the panic the naval videos have been released the Air Force videos have been released all this stuff that's out there now so they're at least acknowledging it's true why why now why this soft disclosure it seems like. Right. And I, I want to say as well, too, for people like yourself that have been, you know, observing this for decades and are now saying, OK, why now? Well, first and foremost, and I really do mean this in a good faith manner for me in a, in a simple reductionist perspective, I would say, why not now? But here's the thing to that, because I totally understand the whole holy shit. Here he goes for saying, why not now? And this whole I, okay, I, I, to, I hear people when when that reaction or response is given. If we were to do again, this speaks to the micro and the macro, the zooming in, the zooming out of different you know things and all of that. I am of the humble perspective, and I could always be incorrect to be very clear. But what I've gathered so far, as of the day right now, which is uh, June fourteenth, two thousand twenty-two, at this time, what I've gathered is we are seeing multiple different elements within inside the United States federal government that are attempting to bring this out, and uh, uh, multiple other elements that are t attempting to suppress it. 
without me sounding like a total whack job in terms of basically instead of me going oh it's the it's the reptilians that are secretly controlling the world <laughs> and there's one faction that wants to cover it up and another that doesn't this speaks to me first and foremost that i would like to relate to yourself and and as i say to my audience all the time it's a what i'm about to say here is a double edged sword depending on the the situation it's not what it is it's how it appears and we can say that speaks to life in general now the reason I bring that up is because I think what we're seeing in, in, in very basic layman's terms with respects to the UAP and all of that is we are seeing the efforts of an element that wants to bring some of this to the forefront and let not just the American people, but humanity as a species on the surface of this planet know. Now, that is not to say that I am implying that this is a positive effort overall. We always have to remember that just like in life, I, I would dare allude or correlate a parallel to the United States federal government and the um, five mafia families of New York. <laughs> Overall, the f I mean, I, I know some may be giggling thinking, you know, organized crime politics. It's and I'm not even trying to be, uh, you know, not a tinfoil hatter here. My, I'm of the humble opinion. It's the same. thing. Oh, yes. Without it's, a doubt. There's, there, <laughs> Without so a doubt. when we look, for example, at the five families <clears throat> of New York, let's say, and we see that um, the interest of mafia families, big picture, the overarching interest is the same thing make money continue to thrive so on and so forth you know and then but within those families you have different interests or sub interests within those families then within each family you then have different factions within each faction you then have internal friendships within the friendships you then have personal um, relations whether good or bad with certain individuals within those friendships so what we're seeing here is I think and forgive me I'm not trying to overcomplicate this but I think no. what we're seeing is an ongoing battle between elements behind the scenes <clears throat> now let me be no, let me be clear that is not to say that there's one element that says oh let's all just bring all of it out for humanity but i think there's an element that is saying pe the people need to know to an, ex to, to an extent. Now, the question then becomes, why is there even an element that exists that is saying that after such a prolonged cover-up? And this is the part where I'm going to be very, very blunt with you, brother. I think what we're witnessing on the surface of the Earth right now is a shift in the magnetic poles, in, in, the, in the, uh, the poles of you know Antarctica, the North Pole, the South Pole. I hear about I that, think, yes. Right. I think what, again, there's been speculation and alleged rumors. Um, I... I can say I've spoken to some people, unfortunately, off the record who wouldn't want to come forward, but even more so that you have military and private industry recalibrating their gyroscopes relative to the, the LEO, the low Earth orbit satellites, in order to attempt to not make it appear as if these poles are shifting in this regard. We have Antarctica, you know, exceeding 70 degrees Fahrenheit in temperature uh, very recently. And so I think what we're seeing here... If we put, if we push aside the um, inner Earth, we push, you know, Agartha, the Nazis, the Moon thing, all of that kind of stuff that you know people love to delve into, the Griotta Treaty with Eisenhower, you name it. I think what we're seeing here is a. I think world governments know that every roughly 12 to 13,000 years, uh, relative to how we measure a year with the orbiting around the sun, the planet sh resets itself or flushes itself out like a clock. Now, this would speak to the zodiac wheel or the symbol that's been given to human culture since the beginning of us being able to track and predate all of this. This could speak to as well the, um, again, the tw alleged uh, 12 strands of DNA within us. This could speak to also, you know, going back to Michio Kaku and string theory, we have Ed Witten in, in the mid to late 90s introduced 
M theory, which was a formulation or conjecture of superstring theory. There were 12 um, conjectures to that. There clearly seems to be uh, some form of significance and prominence pertaining to the number 12, but without getting on too much of a um, cosmological, astrological, all of that, um, you know, woo-woo type ramble. I think what we're seeing very simply is um, the planet flushing itself out, world governments knowing this, and there being an attempt to either divert or introduce certain resources and technologies that would coincide with a potential upcoming event of this sort. Mm. See, and, and I'm, I, be, I believe in that. And what I'm going to say, none of this has to be mutually exclusive. You could be right, and there could be mm. elements of what I'm going to say. When I, see, when I see the government getting involved in this to bring this up, it, to me, they want to bring it up to then begin to control the narrative on this. And well, I think this speaks to if you bring yourself down before anybody else does, you control the way that it happens. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then you enter, <clears throat> excuse me, organizations who've always been involved with this, the NSA, military intelligence, they make it mainstream. And just like I've seen with the alternative media, if you want to call it, yeah. this fucking thing has been infiltrated as the day is long. So just like yeah. any other organizations, it's never organic. There's always some counterintelligence program or co-intel pro that they make it mainstream. Then they infiltrate it to then begin to control the narrative. And I think the larger function of that, when we start talking about your Elon Musk, your Starlink, your Space Force, there's been a war going on not to, to weaponize space. So it becomes this Hegelian yeah. dialectic of problem, reaction, solution. Let's freak them out with the aliens and then... Obviously, we freak out and react, and then they provide the solution to the thing that they created, which is going to be, you know, let's fear the aliens, fear the, you know, and now we set up yes. this Starlink. We set up this smart grid that's coming in, and then they're supposedly the saviors once again, while, again, like you said, it could be a way larger thing of, of all the things you mentioned, but then, you know, they come in and control the narrative, and I'm not going to mention any names, but people who have worked for the Pentagon, have worked for the Air Force, come out. And they, you know, they try to legitimize this while also kind of spinning it in a way that, again, controls the narrative on it. See, this is and to your point, I want to bring up as well. I want to play devil's advocate against myself and in this regard. So what I've also found to be the case, too, is that we have a lot of people coming out from uh, various areas of intelligence, military, military intelligence, civilian intelligence, yes. you name it, CIA, all of this. And they're coming out and, and they're um, basically, it seems as though some of them, uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you, some of them seem, uh, without mentioning names, to actually be employed as some type of, you know, drop feeding, test the waters for the public type scenario. Others seem, again, and I'm gonna, about to play devil's advocate to this point, Others seem genuinely fed up. I've spoken to a handful off the record, former, um, I got to say this carefully, NSA, NRO, CIA guys that have yeah. said, you know, Dave, this is we're fed up for the sake of like, we've made our, you know, we've made our money, but now we have kids, we have a bit of a conscience. And for those that say, why hasn't this happened earlier? If these people really, you know, were feeling guilty about what they've done, contributing to not necessarily potentially evil actions themselves, but contributing to a system overall that could be an evil negative apparatus. Well, I would respectfully rebuttal that with it has been attempted uh for as much as i truly and i would say it to his face i'm not a fan of stephen dr stephen greer these days i must give him credit for 2001 he put together the 2001 national press club uh event which had over 400 military uh, you know colonels contractors uh, you know you name it and he he had him there saying listen yes th this 
is real. You know, some of them willing to go as far as these are the different species that we've cataloged mm. when we have crash retrievals, you name it. See, here's the thing, though. There's and again, I'll play devil's advocate to this as well. I think there are a handful of individuals from within the military side of things, more so than the intelligence side, that are basically saying uh, enough is enough. We have kids and we, you know, we're about to have, you know, our kids are about to have kids. And what does this say about them? How, you know, particularly about their futures? We are contributing to a potentially uh, self-destructive system that is only feeding those at the top that keep trying to milk things for the sake of greed. And, and now... No. If I could say very quickly, yeah. devil's advocate to that, which we do on the show all the time, is, well, okay, either this is genuine or they're trying to dupe a, you know, a, the alternative scene, if you will. Now, my whole thing is, it's very possible they could be, but I'll be honest with you, um, I'm, I'll be, I'm 24 years old. If, if, if the NSA and the CIA are trying to go out there to dupe a 24-year-old in the middle of Canada. God bless him, but I I, I I doubt it. Now again, I could be wrong, but you know that that's that's basically where I stand, which is that I still don't know as we speak. Well, and I, again, more it, it more and more is coming out, whether it's a twenty four year old in Canada or anybody, you know, the the you know grandma in Arkansas or whatever. More and more people are are hearing about this. So yeah. these these colonels, these generals, these people in the NSA, the military intelligence, these are people who've been doubling down on keeping us so in the dark. So it's almost like a lie by omission. They'll tell us, yeah, it's real, but they're not going to. Again, they'll, they'll attempt to control the narrative. To I mean, you know, again, like Cointel. Oh, Pro. Sure. Like, yeah. you know, all these different organizations that have come out with benevolent intentions, they get infiltrated, then, you know, either taken over and have it implode from within or, you know, it just kind of. It... To your point, brother, it could be as simple as, well, why why are these guys trying to dupe a 24 year old in the middle of Canada? Well, to our devil's advocate, that's precisely why, because no one would think that that would would be the case. And yes. So that would be the next plan of action or plan of attack, so to speak. I, well, I hear you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, again, there's there's so many different options out there. I just I have <clears throat> for every question I have more. I, I have every answer I get. I have more questions. And the I, other thing, it's like everyone I hear so many people talk about Blue Beam, Blue Beam, Project Blue Beam. The even huger red flag that would let me know this is, in professional wrestling terms, a work, right. is if everybody's talking about this, mainstream media, congressional hearings, and something happens, like something big, like, whoa, unmistakable, no fuzzy, blurry pictures, HD, that is a fucking spaceship, it's here, yeah. and for the timing for that to happen, I would, you know... I don't know about Blue Beam, and I know they could do the holographic stuff. But what are your thoughts on that? Are you is is all of this disclosure just prepping us for something imminent, or is it just again almost like the why now in that respect of is do they think something's coming, or they like you were saying some people are just like, hey, we need to we need to disclose this. It's time. You see, I to your to your question and to your point. This is this is something I've really struggled with, and it's it's ironic because it's some of the most simplest questions or most fundamental ones that are the most difficult to answer, in my opinion. Because what we have is we have a situation where here's the thing: that a lot of the things that I've uh, had the the um, I guess you could say privilege of 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 witnessing people I've spoken to off the record, things like that. If there's even a remote um, little bit of truth because i sometimes say or quite often refer to you know we have to be vigilant of what i call the bullshit burger you know <laughs> metaphorically the, the, the patty the patty may be real but the lettuce the tomatoes the yes. ketchup it may all the rest the buns may be nonsense so in in that regard you see 
here's the thing, brother. I'm going to be very straight with you. I'm of the personal belief, um, and I could be wrong, but not just the United States government, but world governments, including even religious institutions like the Vatican, are sitting on technologies that, if they wanted to, could make us run circles in terms of we, we have no idea what we'd be experiencing, observing, you name it. So when it gets to the point where I Are you talking know, kind of kind of DARPA tech? Among uh, other things, Black uh, Projects, DARPA tech type stuff? Absolutely. With, with the, the ability to bend what we, or, you know, break or, you know, what we call matter, programmable matter, sort of like Transformium in the Mark Wahlberg Transformers film uh, with Stanley Tucci a handful of years ago when you could turn, literally, your mind using remote intent, um, which is what meditation allegedly uses in all of this, could turn a glass into a, a, a Bluetooth, a Beats speaker, could turn it into a gun like they did in the movie, could turn it into a phone, because again, it is literally... The, the 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 fundamental source that comprises this physical environment so if that could be controlled then what does that say about the environment we're in which is what led me to ask um when i interviewed uh, mr lou elizondo and mr sean cahill i i said gentlemen you know we again it's been alleged because i wanted to watch my words when asking them um instead of saying you know we all know that this could be done but uh it's been alleged that whether foreign or domestic you know hacker or otherwise um is penetrating, for example, let's just say the a server, a database of the NSA's, one of the NSA's databases, a server. What the NSA will do for counterintelligence purposes is, and this will get right to what your what your question was, brother, is they will transfer the hacker in real time if the hacker has penetrated the server. They will transfer the hacker in real time without the hacker even knowing to part of my English again, a bullshit server with bullshit information with bullshit burgers all around them. So, and they'll do that for a number of reasons to see what they're looking for, who they report back to after they take the bullshit information, and if they're going to act on that bullshit information, because then that's a success, a quote unquote successful counterintelligence operation. My question was if that could be done in the digital realm, could that potentially be done with human consciousness? Mm. And I got a um, very quick quiet i can't basically comment on that from mr from, from from mr lou elizondo and mr cahill seemed to elaborate on the fact that without putting words in his mouth this is a possibility we should uh be exploring um and so my whole thing is this brother in layman's terms if that's possible I have no, pardon my English, I have no fucking idea if right now maybe certain parts of Earth are mirror dimensions, you know, you name it. Yeah. Because if that could be done with human consciousness, which would then speak to certain people within world governments understanding maybe not what consciousness is, but being able to control the ticking of it. Well, and that's that's then, one of those that's one of those things where I've always felt there's when they were given, in my opinion, I could be completely wrong. Once again, when they were giving us Atari they had PlayStation kind of thing. So they spoon feed mm. us the tech. And if we even had, if we begin to know about yeah. what they're really working with, then that, that's kind of, so you just kind of somewhat, well, whatever you kind of, you mentioned about, you know, different countries, different levels of technology, how much of what we're seeing is possibly, you know, like I said, DARPA tech, black, uh, black budget type stuff. Cause I mean, I don't know how much, um, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with Bob Lazar and I don't know. Oh yeah. So, I mean, what he was saying to, um, I think it was that pilot cause he was friends or he is friends with that pilot, uh, David Fravor. He was saying, you know, how much of this stuff is reverse engineered? And Lazar was like, dude, it would take us a couple hundred years to reverse engineer what, what I saw and what he's been working on. How much of this is, 
and it doesn't have to be mutually exclusive. There could be real alien shit out there as well as like Dr. Philip Corso was saying so much of the tech and microwaves and stuff we use today is reverse engineered tech from the Roswell crash. How much, how much of a blend of there is going on right now? I, and I, it's funny because the more research, the more I delve into my research of whether it's deep, um, uh, physics, uh, engineering, uh, you know, tensor calculus, uh, you know, quantum physics, philosophy, ontology, you know, you name it, the more I come to this conclusion and I, it, forgive me to your audience more so, sir, because this is not me attempting to have a cop out answer, but I think, I think it's all the above. And I say that now I can put it into percentages of what I think we're right, seeing right. to be more specific. Absolutely. I think what we're seeing with respects to craft in the skies, I think is 80 to 95% human military, um, reverse engineered personally. I mean, and you go I back to, not to cut you off, but go back right. to the seventies, you know, when the uh, stealth bomber, everyone was like, well, this big triangle thing in the sky, but that was them working on the stealth bomber, which was stealth technology, which was, you know, obviously area 51 area. And it looked like a freaking alien craft, but it was really just something they were working on. Yeah, it, it literally that. Now, here's the thing with with Mr. Lazar. Do I believe his story? Um, I personally at the moment, largely. Now, here's the thing, because it coincides with a lot of legacy programs and certain things that I've spoken to others with off the record. But the thing pertaining to <clears throat> Mr. Uh, Lazar specifically is that we have to remember that the all these programs, particularly the black ones that are and then there's the deep black programs that allegedly are have been um not so much these days, but I mean, still, but more so back in the day, fueled by drug money, particularly Iran-Contra, all of that, and oh, the missing yeah. 20, 22 trillion from the Pentagon, you name it. But I think what we're seeing there is extremely compartmentalized compartments and yes. departments that have gone so overclassified that there's no oversight. And when I mean literally like shaking the hand of people to promise each other, you're not going to say shit and going home and that's it and literally you know the drop in the bags of cash as as your payday you name it i think that's what we've we've uh, we've been sort of um in in the midst of and i say this because i think what we have are certain I guess patches or departments uh, particularly within private aerospace lockheed yes, martin yes without a doubt um, yes uh, boeing i would say raytheon um uh, more so general lockheed dynamics martin. all those aerospace yes yes exactly um Honeywell, uh, IBM, I would say that they they don't they've never had any oversight. I would say that is where the departments, as a matter of fact, may have gotten lost, uh, quote unquote, lost in just doing what those individuals within those departments were enlisted to do <clears throat> and employed to do, but then continued even past that. Uh, now, what's interesting, though, is that I think what we're seeing here with these programs is you have certain departments of people of scientists who genuinely believe we have you know for we ha you know jeff we haven't been able to reverse engineer this stuff but then they're literally five ten feet above in an underground military facility um the pe individuals that may have just come back from the moon right and yeah. I, I i i say this because it, based on the slew of individuals i've spoken to and all of that there's truly i think a very very broad range of, of this in general. Um, people talk about, you know, the 20 and back program, the secret space force, all of this. Yeah. I, I think, um, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm currently of the 
humble perspective that this secret space force uh, doesn't does indeed uh, exist to some extent to what extent I'm not sure but I do believe there are scientists that truly believe that we haven't left the planet because we have not been able to uh, or have not left you know uh, have not gone into deep space because we have not been able to reverse engineer this tech but I also have spoken to off the record scientists that go that have said to me personally uh, within the Department of Defense Dave you name it we've done it like literally, you know, yeah. star, poor yeah. gate, uh, uh, poor gates, uh, portal, stargates, Stargate, to, uh, yeah. Andromeda, we've done it. Others that have said, Dave, no, 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 don't. It's nonsense. Now, again, I have to take that with a grain of salt. Is it BS? Is it to lead me off the beaten path? Not sure. But, but sorry for such a long answer. No, but my no, thing right. is, is this, if I'm say, for example, Jeff, you're, you're the president of the United States. I'm the, I don't know, um, head of the, uh, let's say Department of Energy, for example, and the Department of Energy, going back to your question about why now, the Department of Energy had a very interesting, quote unquote, founding. It was officially founded in 1977. But prior to that, it was completely off the books and was sort of a derivation of the AEC, the Atomic Energy Commission, which was headed by Edward Teller. Right. And we see, for example, Edward Teller saying uh, in 2001 before his passing, I never met Bob Lazar. But if I met because Bob Lazar claimed that they had uh, made some side talk while having a coffee on break at one of the programs they were working at at the facilities. And Mr. Edward Teller goes, I never met him. But if I did, maybe I, I only spoke to him for a couple minutes. But I don't think I did. But if I did, it was just for a short amount of time. So to me, it's like that sounds like something your lawyer tells you when you're trying yeah. to pull a fucking a Prince Andrew, as well, I call it's, it. Yeah. You, <laughs> it's interesting because Joe Rogan, <clears throat> listening to what Joe Rogan was just recently talking about, just a clip where he was talking about Bob Lazar, and people are like, well, he he said he was at MIT, but there's no record oh, of him at MIT. Yes, but that was yeah. he was he basically told Joe off air. He's like, well, there's no record of it because I was working on such deep shit. There was no record of it. So and oh, well. I, this is the thing too to your point Jeff sorry to cut you off Not I've been told I've been told as well that the real real off the book stuff don't have documents to substantiate it is literally it's literally like 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 organized crime here's the bag of yes. cash get the yes. get the job get the job done it never happened well that man that's oh, even in covert actions like plausible deniability has been something and that's just with covert right. military action let alone and that's the other right. thing I can't stand when people are like you fucking conspiracy theorists, man. You know, it's like nobody can keep the secret and blah, blah, blah. It just belies their lack of understanding of just basic compartmentalization. Oh, the the can, general with all does. Due respect, I very rarely say things with such certainty, but I'm of the opinion, oh, yeah, they can still keep shit secret. Of course. The general does not have the same conversation with a general that he does a private. I mean, I have a fucking, I have two kids. I don't have the same conversation with my kids that I have with their mom. It's just, and that's, right. a, that's a micro version of this. But again, I mean, I've read enough books and just seen the levels and the tiers of security clearance. What, what they say in Tommy Boy, what the American people doesn't know is what makes them the American people. And that's, I mean, that goes for the fucking planet, but they happen. Wow. To, but it's, well said. Yeah, dude. And it's, it's so frustrating because there's, again, they, how they weaponize conspiracy theorists. You know what I mean? Oh, you must be, uh, you know, fuck a year ago. Hey, don't take the vaccine, man. You could still spread it and get it. And like, oh, you fucking crazy, man. Now it's like, yeah, you could still get it. You may not die as much or whatever the fuck it is. It's you just have like Bill Gates saying at the W, not to get into this, but at the WEF, he's like, well, if we got breakthrough cases, what's the point? Oh, so when, you know, he was in, in, in you know, trying to push me as a, uh, and I'm, I'm still of the opinion it's a very personal decision, but, you know, me being at the time a year ago, 23 years old, a young, healthy man, you know having already i believe caught whatever it is covid or whatever you want to call it once or twice yeah what do I, you know i'm of the humble perspective what do i need to get it for 
And again, so la this time last year, it was no, 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 but you should still get it. Now, all of a sudden, it's, well, what's the point? So it's they like they, my, they my move the goalpost, acting right. like we don't fucking remember what you guys just said 18 months ago. It's, and it really <laughs> it's frustrating because it's so, you know, people got their well, this, their lives, you know, the jobs taken, cancel culture, fucking deplatformed for saying, you know, what what one day is a conspiracy theory is next day is mainstream fucking news. And if we again, if we if we look at it, for example, um, uh, big picture, we'll find, for example, that we see this hat. Like, OK, there were documents that were recently declassified by, I believe, either the FBI or the CIA that had mm -hmm. transcripts discussing that President Richard Nixon wanted to b bomb certain parts of Miami in order to blame it on Castro to then justify a full scale. Scale, uh, war now here's the operation thing. mongoose no 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 mongoose northwoods 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 that's there we go and of course you got Gulf of Tonkin for Vietnam you yeah. name it but the thing ultimately here is that the 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 same old shtick that seems to be played over and over is ah well you know that was 50 60 70 years ago you know we the people in there now wouldn't do it oh yeah. really but, and oh, really? again they read from the if it ain't fucking broke don't break it they read from the same fucking and, playbook and again, exactly. going back to how we're just ones and zeros, we do this bullshit, whether it's an election, every the, the Pepsi challenge, everything is binary. I want Coke or fucking Pepsi. Can I get a root beer? Can I get a Sprite? Right. There's some gray in this motherfucker, dude, but they depend on you not having any subtlety to your thought, any critical thinking in your thought process. And, you know, again, I think it's it's they want to keep us as red pilled as possible, fucking trampling people for Black Friday deals, keeping up with the Kardashians, whatever way they want to keep us dumbed down. So when conversations like this come about, it's like they have no frame of reference. So like, dude, I don't even know what the fuck you're what's the Drake equation? I don't even know what the fuck. You know what I mean? Just they're right. They just, there we go. They want to keep us as dumb as fucking possible. Right. And to that point, I want to make a reference of quotes uh, stated, but he's unfortunately passed away now. But uh, Mr. Ben Rich, I believe, former head of Lockheed Martin Skunk Works Division, who had uh, given a number of quotes. Uh, he had attended some MUF, uh, you know, uh, MUFON, Mutual UFO Network conferences back in the 90s or late 90s, early 2000s after he was, you know, uh, getting much up there in age and, and all that. And these are there are certain individuals just like an organized crime go figure where they have security clearances. They have extremely sensitive you know NDAs and all of this as it's as it's been referred to as but there's a point where in some in a handful of instances you have individuals that are just so respected up the chain that if they let something slip here and there they're not going to get in trouble and so case in point Mr. Ben Rich said at a MUFON conference we now have the ability to take ET home yes, and he kind of just left yes. he just kind of left it at that and they're like what do you mean he's like I, I, I can't go any further than that now here's what's interesting He's also been uh, alleged for stating to friends but shortly prior to his death a few different quotes. I'll, I'll list a couple of them, but there's one I want to focus on. But before that, the first one was um, in no particular order. He goes, the vast majority of what you see out there are ours. Um, a lot of them are what we call hand-me-downs. And then there's the ones that <laughs> they – right. Then there's the ones that they bring. You know, they – always refer, the others, they, you name it. Um, there are things like this that he, that he said many times over. But – there's one particular quote that I've really sort of hung on, which is um, he he said, w think of whatever you can extrapolate from Star Trek and Star Wars. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing this part here. He basically said, multiply it by whatever number you can think of. And, and then and then and then add an extra 50 to 100 years onto that. And then he's this is when he goes. 
we have it under sitting in the Nevada desert underground. But and this is the part that hurt me where he goes, but it would take an act of God to get that technology out, which speaks to me of, again, what we spoke on started uh, starting this conversation an hour ago, the concept of the control system. What would happen if you brought out this free energy technology, right? Okay. This anti-gravity, you can then produce force fields. You can then, uh, you know, uh, grow food in your backyard using free energy. Well, you don't we have saw to... what happened to Nikola Tesla, so we can kind right. of understand what you don't have to right this whole thing of you know then realizing the whole system would collapse based on what what we're basically working under paying bills you know life works like a 30-year mortgage just keep that cycle going that whole concept there and again here's the thing to a small extent i understand if there's you know difficulty with getting um you know terrorists to give up their particularly organized ones their uh, attempts to you know put together uh, nuclear bombs I understand that if there's already a difficult enough time with intelligence agencies sort of buying back or, you know, getting these things off the black market, why they would not want this anti-gravity tech to come out. Because contrary to what people see in things like Star Trek and Star Wars, apparently the reality of it is, is that, as I've been told off the record, with force fields and the science that I've done myself and the mathematics seem to corroborate this, um, the more you penetrate or shoot at or try to uh, do anything, attack a force field, the stronger it gets, not the weaker. Mm. Because that that's piezoelectricity, that's kinetic energy. The more you hit it, the more the more force and strength you're you're dispersing over top it. So it's not you're not weakening it, you're making it stronger. So I get it. If you know, imagine a terrorist putting an anti gravity force field around him. He doesn't even need to wear a mask on. Uh, wear a mask when he goes to rob a bank. Walk right in. No one can do yeah. shit to you. Right. Take the money and walk out. Now here's the thing though. I don't think that should be the reason for keeping this stuff secret. To be clear. Um, I, I think, again, this is also another problem. I would like to, sorry for the ramble, but I would no, like to. No, it's all right, bro. That's why you're quote, here, man. Thanks, man. I'd like to quote Dr. Eric Davis in what, again, um, physicist or astrophysicist, anyways. He said, he goes, the problem is, he said this, I think, last year, a year, year and a half ago, roughly. He goes, it's politicians cannot, it is difficult for anyone, not just in the United States, but around the world, to quantify this on a legislative basis. Meaning that essentially, if you have the ability, whether it's through, uh, you know, suits or nanotech or even if it's as it's been alleged within ourselves um, to walk through walls and things like this, walk through what we consider solid objects. Yeah. What are you going to how are you going to enforce that? You're going to tell everyone, OK, everyone, after seven o'clock at night, you can't do it. How are you going to enforce that? Get the get the wall walking police on 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 the. And, and that's what I'm saying, man. They got to <laughs> they got to keep that all under wraps, man. They got again, they got to keep us freaking tra well, trampling each other over fucking Jeff, large if screens. If I got a craft, if I got let's just put it this way. If I got a craft in my garage and I tell you, hey, Jeff, let's have let's have some beers and let's go ahead to Zeta Reticuli. And we'll be back. <laughs> we'll be we'll be there and back by lunchtime. Can you imagine what's what how much um, how diminishing looking at my cell phone and hydro bills would be well, what exactly. the hell we gotta, we're gonna use this fake currency to pay this fake thing when you and i just yes. left the planet and that's and ultimately like i was saying before when it comes down to the, the, the it's not a democracy ladies and gentlemen it's a fucking olig oligarchy we've always been ran <laughs> by the few the few have more money than they can fucking shake a stick at. it's all about control so again they have to just keep us under control and going before i let you slide i definitely want to ask you um if just obviously we have to just speculate to some degree the people you've talked to the research you've done whether it's our tech their tech i, I know we're always talking about different ways of propulsion different propulsion systems what are you seeing if like i said 
what are you seeing from our side that you could speak to or and what do you can you speculate to what they're using when I say them, you know, whatever they extraterrestrials might be using as their propulsion systems? Because like the Tic Tac, there's there's no um, contrail. There's no vapor trail. It's, you know, the, 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 the ability for them to propel at such incredible speeds. The G forces would crush a human being. What are they using? It, it, we can speculate. I... Absolutely. I think there are a multitude. Um, and I'd be more than happy to come back on to discuss even just that in itself, in and of itself, <laughs> a, a, mul a multitude of different what we call propulsion based systems. I think what we're seeing, whether it's with the disc shaped craft, the alleged TR3B stuff, the, the, the Tic Tacs, you name it, um, the gimbal, uh, you know, the cigar craft, uh, cigar shaped craft. I think what we're seeing, regardless of the different deployments of that type of technology, is a an ability, whether it's through things that we call plasma, whether it's through things called um, zero-point energy, electromagnetism, things that have been proposed by Oliver Heaviside, Heinrich Hertz, and particularly James C. Maxwell in the late 1800s. Um, I think what we're seeing there is an ability to void the space-time metric. Mm. It is essentially basically it is the same and it would be the same for um, walking or, you know, taking the craft through solid surfaces. It's not going through, say the craft is not going through the walls. It's not moving. Um, it's not flying. It is voiding the space time metric or simulation or again, not to allude to this, but yeah. video game that we live in essentially. Yeah, yeah. It, it's. So basically, we, from an external perspective outside the craft, we we see the craft, holy crap, it just shot up and, in, in, you know, um, okay, let's put it this way. The Forgive me if I'm not entirely accurate, I'm paraphrasing here, but generally speaking, the, to go from 80,000 feet in the sky down to, say, surface level or vice versa with the way these craft do in under one second, that would take the power, if I'm not mistaken, of the... The power grid of what powers all of New York multiplied by, I think, like 17 or something like that. And that just to, you know, to take that energy and put it into our rocket based propulsion systems now in pure theory, something along those lines is what it would take. Wow. Oh, excuse me. The the ability to power New York for 80 years multiplied by some double digit number is essentially what it would take for for our current propulsion based uh, rocketry apparatuses to do so. The idea Jesus. is, yeah, so the idea is that no laws of physics are broken regardless of the propulsion system used. I think what it's doing, and this is just my opinion, I could be wrong, I think it's um, bending, tricking, if you will, manipulating, distorting the grid that we're currently living in. Mm. Now, when you, say, when you say grid, for those that may want to get into more detail, what I'm referring to is something called the Levy-Cavita or Levy-Cavita space-time metric that Einstein based his theory of uh, general relativity off of. So, again, that speaks to Michukaku's string theory, you name it. It's not particularly that you are going through when a craft is not going through a wall it is vibrating at a different rate to mm. void to void the density of the rest of its external environment so that i mean it kind of goes back to what i was i mean again we're so 3d based dude we go hey it takes seven hours to go from new york to california we can't get our mind around this kind of travel so is this and this is kind of, think of so, sorry jeff no. i'm so sorry brother think of for your audience in a visual sense this would be probably the best description think of a piece of paper flat piece of paper and you hold it up and you're looking at it horizontally now think of for example one end of the paper the on the very left end and then you have take your finger and put your other finger on the very right holding end. it in, there we go 
Yeah. So is it, I mean, is this lend itself to, I don't know if I'm using the right phraseology or the right terms. Do you think these guys are doing multi-dimensional travel? They're dipping in and out of space and time as we uh, understand it? Truth be told, depending on the species, I think you have some species that are far more ahead than others. I think you have some that are more nuts and bolts than others, others that are more, dare I say, energy-based than others. Mm. And yes, I would say, um, okay, big, big picture. Apparently, we as sovereign beings, if you want to call it that, have the ability to be our own stargates, you name it. But there are certain beings that simply don't, and that's why the craft is needed. Now, there are other beings as well, too, that apparently uh, can do both. And what we're seeing is some beings coming from other planets, some beings traversing dimensions, other beings traversing – you name it, apparently it's happening. Uh, Us from the future, uh, branch offs of us, um, you know, uh, inner Earth – um, mm. you name, and, and I'm really not trying to, trying to, you know, go too far out there in the extrapolation. Too but late. I, yeah. <laughs> this speaks to even the, the ultra terrestrial hypothesis, I think coined by Dr. Hal Pudoff, which speaks to the, the angle of different hybridized experiments, humans, you know, breeding with other species over millennia of, of our ancient culture that are ancient past that we're not familiar with currently. Right. Um, although I think, again, it, it's, I think big picture, it's patches of humans currently hiding it over top the rest of us um, or hiding it uh, against the rest of us. And I think that's that speaks to, again, certain elements within certain world governments, particularly within military industrial complexes that are familiar with this. Um, So, yeah, I think and again, that that also that paper folding example, that's just one um, uh, concept amongst many others. Well, and and people need to reacquaint or acquaint themselves to, you know, more unconventional ways of travel because people are like, why would, why would the alien come from so far away and have to take so long just to get here? They're thinking about it. So terrestrially for a lack of a better term, because there's so many different ways, in my opinion, as you just alluded to as one of them ways to travel throughout space that we have no fucking understanding of. Well, if I could, if I could leave you with this, Jeff and your audience too, it tells me something in my own personal research, watching interviews of real old timers, real nuts and bolts, you know, uh, military guys after some of them have been, you know, briefed and, and, and filled in. And in some cases in the physical world, as we call it, um, worked with some of these non-humans, whether it's the ones that look just like us or the ones that are greys or the ones that look more praying mantis types, you name it, uh, the ones that allegedly can shapeshift into what we can um, correlate with lizard or reptilian type uh, uh, animals, at least on our planet, they always end up with the same thing. It, when they're asked, what did you learn from this? They all take a deep breath and go, and it, anything is possible. They're not saying that because they want to say it. It's because they've what they've experienced and witnessed has showed them, part of my English, holy fuck. Right. Like, if this is possible, then what does that say about other things? And so that speaks to a lot of guys going like a, one example for those that might say, okay, Dave, you know, you're rambling off. It all sounds great, but give me an example of a couple people. Bill Uhouse, Don Phillips, you name it. Don Phillips, former CIA uh, USAF, Lockheed Martin Skunk Works, NRO, NSA. This guy was, you know, top of the top. Dr. Stephen Greer, about 20 years back, asked, he's passed away now, unfortunately, but Dr. Stephen Greer asked him, what did you take away from all this? He goes, honestly, he goes, if what I took away from all of this, meeting these beings, you name it, is um, if we need something, let's build it. It's, it's all possible. And so, by the way, he, this Mr. Don Phillips, 
for those uh, that would like the link to the video, you're more than welcome to email me, genzpodcast at gmail.com on video testimony, talking about, you know, um, beings that are 10, 12, 13 feet tall that look human, we you know red hair, slightly different. If it wasn't for their height, you wouldn't notice the difference. You got other, he also was talking about technology that they had in the 1980s. Um, I believe it was Light City International. It was a corporation that he founded himself that for the CIA that you, just like in Star Trek, handheld devices that could scan, treat, and cure in real time people with cancer. Because the idea is, again, our cells are made up of coils, just like a Tesla coil. If the coil is not uh, um, perfectly circle, if you will, that is what causes a cell to create all of these branch-offs that we now know mm. to be cancer. And so if that coil could be re-straightened, using UV light waves, which Mr. Don Phillips said, it, you know, the handheld device did, you can cure it on the spot. But he said, he goes, you know, uh, but of course, and these are his words, the FDA, he goes, God bless him, sarcastically, he's saying, didn't, didn't want this coming out. And then Dr. Stephen Greer goes, how do you know this? Like, were you told this? Was this on a briefing document? He goes, no, Stephen, he goes, I founded the organization. <laughs> he goes, I was the one that the CIA contracted to work on this stuff. And the reason they contracted out is so that it could be um, not searchable within FOIA, the Freedom of Information Act records. And that goes back to the psychopaths who run everything, eugenicists. Why would right. I cure cancer when I can treat it and make way much more money? I do have right. a couple more questions for you. One second. Since I have you here, and that's, this is something that obviously blew my mind, um, this is why I really love doing podcasts. And I mean, I'll maybe add video down the line, but I always loved like AM radio, talk radio, coast to coast, late at night, just listening to conversations right. like this. And I always found that just the purity of just the auditory experience really cool. Going back to that time, what are your thoughts on what was the Phoenix Lights? What was that in your opinion? Because that was pretty massive at the time, and it took up the whole freaking sky over Phoenix. Hundreds of people saw it. What was that I, um, in your opinion? Forgive me to yourself and to your audience in advance for sounding so definitive. It's only because I, uh, I've spoken to individuals off the record uh, within the Department of Defense that were there at the time, at least to the best that I can verify. It was plain and simple in layman's terms it was a reverse engineered human craft allegedly that was basically um they had some problems uh with its propulsion systems generally speaking and they had to basically make an emergency landing it was essentially that wow. as i understand it yeah interesting and not to sound so so confident and so short uh, short answered but apparently it was as simple as that well, very advanced stuff but they just had trouble making a landing and they had to kind of just go over phoenix there well, and once I once I heard about kind of what was going on out there, um, what was it called? Not Area Fifty One, that area out there. there Los was, Alamos, the whole yeah. Los Alamos. Um, anyway, that seemed to be a Pap lot Papu of uh, Papoose Lake, Groom Lake, all Groom that. Lake, Groom Lake. There you go. But that just seemed where a lot of Defense Department stuff was going on. So I mean, again, not to be mutually exclusive, it could have been one or the other. But I mean, I always was kind of alluding right. to some 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 Black Project stuff. Um, before oh, I definitely you... black black project for that for sure. Yeah, I just I just think that the, there are many cases, although not always, but I think there are many cases that are the sightings are far more easily explained than people might think. Literally, like a malfunction on something. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've heard some just wild theories on what it was, but yeah, that's interesting to hear your take. So as we try to wrap our mind around conversations like these, you know, we got the government, quote unquote, legitimizing the Pentagon, legitimizing the military, telling us something's up there. It stands to reason, does it not? When we look up to the night sky, every single star, even though that light may be very, very old, represents a sun. And those suns could have 
planets going around them. Those could be planets that sustain life. Talk to me about, if you don't mind, Drake's equation. How can we not be the only ones? Or how can we be the only, how can we possibly be the only ones? How could there not be something else out there? See, this is the thing. I, you know, how could there not be? Yeah, I, I'm in full in this regard. I think mathematical probability at this point, even yeah. if someone doesn't want to lean in this direction, um, mathematical probability. They're they're okay. So I'll be I'll be very. This may be a little bit of a gnostic type approach, but. Someone said something to me many, many months ago that really st stuck with me, which is that the same concept of, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. It's for me, it's the same idea of disclosure is there for those who look. And I'll be honest with you, the the amount of people I've spoken to, the, the, the seemingly inherent and blatant evidence that's right in front of our faces speaks to not so much the, I guess you could say, uh, absence of evidence, but rather the evidence of absence. Mm. And, and like you said, it's right there. And that's without even having a confirmation bias in this age of information. Ignorance is a choice. And it's like it seems to me pretty obvious that something's going on. I mean, yeah, you have a lot of, you know, you have a lot of interesting, I guess you could say artifacts, hieroglyphs, you name it, that just simply will not be um, analyzed, let alone acknowledged by things like the Rockefeller Smithsonian Institute. I wonder why. If there's nothing to hide, why not look at it? The British Museum, the Vatican. British, I mean, they, won't even, they won't even look at it. Yeah. Why, why not? If, if there's nothing to hide, why not look at it? Exactly. And then their answer will be, well, we don't want to tarnish our reputation. What reputation? You th I mean, look at the world we're living in now. You t yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? At this point, what's a, what's a person's reputation when we've seen all the nonsense come out and unravel in front of us, in my opinion? Well, and you look at history, so, as, as long as it's been world history, how much energy and time and concerted effort they've put into keeping this stuff hidden. That's why, I mean, people hate on the word occult, but it's there, there's a lot more information. Like you said, it's 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 really it's hidden in plain sight. And you know, like Graham Hancock said, we're a civilization with amnesia. The information is there if we just go look for it. But in you know, in the age of you know the the, um, the government getting involved and the NDAA, it is legal for the government to propagandize you. So discernment has to be a premium in your research because there's so much mis and disinformation out there to malign these this kind of research and these kind of conversations. Right. It's really up to us to again exchange ideas without necessarily setting up this huge confirmation bias. Stay out of these echo chambers that just, you know, confirm what you already believe and, you know, just keep learning, man, in my opinion. I couldn't agree more. I truly couldn't agree more, but I'm so sorry, brother. I unfortunately have another obligation that I that No, I that's get okay. To, that's okay. I want to thank you so very much for having me on, man. It's truly been an honor, and I would love chatting again. You're, and I, I, again, I say this not because I'm on your show, but even to your audience, Jeff is fantastic to speak to in this regard. You'd be surprised, uh, brother, how many people, even in my uh, sort of corner of the world, are, again, uh, no disrespect to anyone, but at least from my humble perspective, far more closed-minded than, than people would think. Without a doubt. And I appreciate your time, sir. I'll put your links to some of yours, all of your stuff in the description of this video. I can't thank you enough for your time, and you are obviously welcome back anytime. David Zed, ladies and gentlemen, he is the host of the Generation Zed podcast. Peace and so much of that love. Much respect.